joysticks. Gotcha. Now, the, the stuck-on produced stuff to give it an R rating also has a star from joysticks in it. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's a weird Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. I did Michael J. Fox's first film, you know, Midnight Madness was his first film. Then he did, uh, Eric Stoltz did um, Back to the Future, he was his first choice. He did that and they fired him and took on Michael. So I have kind of a six degrees of separation from between me, Michael, and Eric, if we follow Absolutely. that. Do you but, know that story, Mike? The original yeah, it did. Marty McFly. Yeah. Yeah. So the bo they didn't the box like him in Back to the Future. They thought he was too serious. They have the test uh, footage of Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future in the box set. It's buried in there. And he Is does right? play it very seriously. Yeah, he mm -hmm. does. Like, he walks around. He's very intense. Uh, but I had heard that. But that, I guess, occurred after this movie, right? So he didn't have yeah. that cloud over him. Yeah. He's immortal in Mask. This is a great comedy. Yeah. But his immortality is in Mask. He's so good. Now, you uh, might have seen, like, the footage of his audition. But, Mike, they were shooting with him. He was Marty McFly, and they stopped like four or five or six scenes, like a couple weeks in, and they mm -hmm. said we got to re. They had to get permission. Yeah, okay. I think they always wanted Michael J. Fox, but he was on that TV show, and they were able to negotiate it. That's and they right. They didn't want it. That That's right. Now these are the dads, and these are the guys who distribute Buzz Cola. Now I know you Morgan love the Simpsons, Mike. You must have heard of Buzz Cola. Yeah, so now the guy, I, were you friends with these guys, Eddie? Like, the, they're really funny on in this the movie. They were both nice. They were both, everybody on the set was nice. I didn't dislike anybody. It was, it was a very friendly shoot. I loved everybody. Um, one of the, the little guy, I think that's Morgan. He's in Patton, you know. He plays a very serious role in Patton. He does play a serious role in Patton. And like, I like, like him. Like, Now, also, Mike, not only was he in Patton, but he was in Blade Runner. He was the guy who was interviewing, like, did you ever oh, hear of the turtle? Of course, Same right. Thing. The one who gets shot in the beginning by the replicant, that's him. But he's so broad in this movie. It's, it's amazing. I guess that's the great thing about being a comedic actor. You can play it really straight. Absolutely. Now, his partner there was a comedian and he was part of the comedy store and everything. Actually, Eddie wanted to be a comedian. I think that was his first um, uh, dream for Hollywood was being a comedian. Tell us about that, Eddie. I did 20 films. I mean, hopefully I was a comedian, but I wanted to be a stand-up comic, but I had a line. I didn't like it. I, I performed twice in Hollywood and I did okay. Uh, then they moved me to Westwood and I tanked. And I just go, this isn't for me. Now, I was on an old show called The Gong Show where they would gong me if you didn't go good. I don't know if you remember yes. that. But I did my stand-up comedy act. Always the singer gong me. That was my TV debut. Yeah. But I didn't like stand-up. I never liked doing it. Some guys thrive on it, you know. You, you did stand up there's on the beautiful gong. Linda. What became of Linda? Do you guys know? She's one of the most beautiful. I mean, she has look at that face. She lives in the Blue Mountains of Australia today. She isn't involved with acting at all. I'm Did sure you know I can't this? find a picture of her. Okay. Did she do other films after Surf too? I don't know, to be yes, honest. She I know. Did do other films. Let me just pull it up here. Um, after Surf 2, she went on to, I don't know, Mixed Blood, Vicious Lips, Down Twisted, The Alien from L.A. She did Alien from L.A. 
But yeah. by 1988, okay. she headed back to Australia and she was done with the career. Okay. This is probably her only comedy. She's she's not she's not a comedic actress. She's just beautiful. She is she's not a comedic actress. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's she so very different than everybody else in this whole film. She's very flat. Yeah. Uh, but everybody she's else up the scenery. Yeah, everybody else chews up the scenery, but she's like totally straight. Now, Mike, I found out this yes. footage was from a TV show. Randall uh -huh. didn't shoot this stuff. Is that right? Stuff. Okay. Oh, it's save some money. But okay. what was this now, stuff here like? comes our hero. Yes. Our bad guy hero. Here he is. Who's this guy? Look at right. him. I remember that guy. Look how young he is. Look how so young. young. Yeah. Do, do nope. you oh and picture Jerry Lewis in the background? So in the script, Jerry Lewis was there, and Randall wrote this script for Eddie, believe it or not. But the <laughs> thing is, coincidentally, Eddie loves Jerry Lewis. Oh yeah, I love Jerry. I had a bad meeting with him. I'm like, there's a great story I heard, by the way, on Facebook. If I can relate it real quick, a guy told me about a month ago on Facebook. He wrote me, he said he used to do the lights on the Jerry Lewis telephones every year. And him and Jerry were, you know, getting the lights set up right before Jerry went on stage. And he goes to Jerry, he goes, you know, you make me laugh more than almost any actor in the world except for Eddie Deason. And Jerry Lewis said when he said, you know, you're not the first person that's ever told me that. Wow. I mean, how, how's that for flattery? I almost, I almost had a conniption. I couldn't believe he said it. But that story really made my day. That's so great. You, now, you had a bad experience? Has... Okay, ahead, this Mike. might be the most acclaimed scene in the movie right here. This is yeah. the most acclaimed scene in the movie. This is totally innovative. I've never seen anything like it before or since. Or it's, since, yeah. And this was like a sh shot. Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. It's so well uh, rehearsed. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Now, according to Randall, they nailed it. it by, they did two takes only because they did so much practicing ahead of time. Yeah, total professionals, total pros. She was on Fridays, uh, Brenda's camp. Yeah. You know what? You just reminded me. You're right. She was on Fridays. Yeah. She was also in something called After Mash, a film, a show I never heard mm -hmm. of. I, right. You've never seen that? I've seen that show. It was a it, mash sequel. It was number one its first week, and then it just tanked in the ratings and it went off the air. But they tried to follow up mash after it went off the air. Fridays, of course, it was kind of like a poor man Saturday Night Live. The breakout yeah. star, of course, was Michael Richards, from, and he got on Seinfeld later. Now, yeah. we saw Mark Blankfield in The Jerk 2, Mike, uh -huh. and he was straight out of Fridays, and he shares many scenes with her. Of course, okay. they were cast members, you know? Okay. Big head. Now, she died. Part of the reason she died, she was 76 years old, and she had uh, brain cancer, but part of the reason she died was complications from COVID-19. Well, that's too bad. That's so sad, it is. Now, she was 76. I'm sure she had 20 years left in her, but yeah, mm -hmm. COVID was a problem. Now, look, you see it says custom surboards. Yeah. Surboard. You know what? You're right. Good catch. How did they miss that? Well, the, the okay, there's Randall Sterling. says that that was a real mistake in real life. And so they added the scene in which uh, Weekend at Bernie's guy is putting in an F. We'll see that yeah. later. 
Okay. Carol Wayne, I know her as uh, I'm an I Dream of Jeannie nut. I love Barbara Eden's my fantasy. Yeah. She was Bootsy Nightingale in one of the funniest episodes of the show. So I remember her from that. She was a very lovely lady. She was pretty out of it by this time. She was pretty out of it and gone. She, she would say to herself, E.T. phone home, E.T. phone home. She was just a little out of it. I think they were putting her on bad meds, like I have experience with, but I think she was, there was somebody messing with her. So it wasn't just pot? She was on more serious drugs? I think so. It seemed to me she was pretty stoned out. Maybe she was just on pot. I'm not into drugs, I don't know, but she was on something. Now, Mike, she would go on to pass away a year later. Yeah, in this was her last film. Circumstances. Is that she, had, found out? she had an argument with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, she is missing. And then she washes up on shore. Now, the autopsy says there were no drugs and alcohol. Um, so was she murdered? I mean, it is possible. I don't know. I don't know. But Sounds like a Colombo episode. Yeah, it does. Now they have. She was very sweet. She's she's good in this movie too. Uh, I mean, especially with this, very good. The, the scene. Everybody played their roles well. I don't think anybody's really mad. Everybody played their roles well. Well, there is the argument that Linda, but I don't know. I think maybe it was just her personality. She was pretty flat. Uh huh. Okay, now here Good we have point. the producer's add-on scenes, and you can see it's a Rolls-Royce, uh -huh. and they, one they of were, these guys is named Fred Asparagus. That's his name. We saw another movie with Fred Asparagus. We've had this conversation. I don't Do know if tell? it was... was is it that a joke on movie? Fred Astaire or something? Maybe it was one of those National Lampoon movies, Mike. Yeah. No, I think it was his actual name, or or definitely his stage name. We could see the added stuff, like this is added. Yeah. Now we're gonna see the perfunctory male ass shot that we don't want. Yes, yeah, most destructive trend in movie making. Black. Well, there you go. I did enjoy your, your commentary on the Vinegar Syndrome uh, track, and you had mentioned that this movie goes from, like, the comedy scene of those the duplex to yeah. these guys' butts. Like, it, it yeah. has a, quite a range to this movie. Mm -hmm. High and low. Now, here comes Eddie again in a very oh, funny scene. Right. I'm a Jew dressed like an Arab. That's right. Yeah. And this is in Santa Monica, I guess. Uh, uh, this was Santa Monica Beach, which I love. I love filming there. There I am, my towel head. Nice cola. You know who now, has that joke now? By, you know who has that joke now, by the way? And I always wonder if they got it as a homage to this movie, The Simpsons. You know, The Simpsons, they drink Buzz Cola. Buzz Cola, yes. Yeah, is that a tribute to Surf 2? Or did that just I, happen to come up? You know, this, this movie has Buzz with three or four Zs, and Simpsons has two. I think it was a reference, and the Simpsons blew up and became an institution, and the reference yeah. is now part of their lexicon without any reference. Lexicon, we started it. Yeah. yeah. I would like to talk to the writers if that happened. Now, look I, how lucky Eddie is. Look, Linda's yeah. touching, mm -hmm. got his arm. <laughs> look how lucky he is. Stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> I hate those. Oh, she surfers. likes the surfers. Yeah. Look at that one. He's got a face like a Rottweiler. I remember. That. I remember that's right, that's right. This movie is so funny because it's like California surf culture saying we don't like punk rock music. Mm 
Well, you know, in real life, Randall really hated the punks. And oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Yes. So he wrote this thing in one single weekend. He had had a surfing accident and a surfboard went through his cheek. So he was on all sorts of painkillers and his own recreational drugs from being a young person. And he, he, okay, this is one of my favorite scenes because this is clearly missionary. Uh -huh. Let's go to see what that sound. I think it's best if we just sit here and wait. And Harry Kaiser. Well, we we always know him as Weekend at Bernie's, so to actually see him speak yeah. is fantastic. Weekend at Bernie's. Now, he was in over 40 credits, and we think of him as Bernie's, but he was yeah. always in films. You know, I remember reading an, a Playboy centerfold where they had Weekend and Bernie's. They had him in character next to topless women bathing. <laughs> really? Now, look at this tacky. great scene. Isn't this sexually titillating? I mean, that's missionary times, too. You're right. Never thought of it. Never thought of it. It's Come a very on. sexual film, you're right. I'm sure millions of women fantasize about me watching this movie. <laughs> well, they got Prime Eddie in this movie. <laughs> okay, now, this is one of the greatest scenes in the film. Okay. Now, a strange thing happens. They throw, like, a tear gas canister, and through magic, it ends up inside the shack. It's very strange. Well, it blows up and they survive. It's a, definitely a cartoon movie. Well, that's another thing. Like a tear gas canister makes an explosion. Does that make okay, sense? And they this live. This is honestly the first thing I don't remember. Let me see this. I don't remember this. Oh, here I'll crank it up for you. Flames are breaking right. Rounds are fucking total vertically. All right. I look right. Water. I look left. Water. In this scene, Eric is drunk for the first time in his life. Literally. We're talking greater, right? And then this cat, this cheetah, I look at the total cheetah comes in. I had to stop it. But they're, the girl, the ladies are going to distract them. They're tired of this surf surf talk. So they, they're going to take their tops off. Right. Oh, However, okay. their girlfriends are jealous, and they're going to call and say they're, they're attacking the, these girls, and the cops come. So things will get okay. escalated. But it's pretty obvious it's them. It's the only parked car on the beach. No, Eric had never been drunk in his whole life, and Randall thought he should have a little bit of alcohol for this scene. So he felt very sick. Interesting. Good trivia. That's my job. Okay, here comes Chef Boyardee and no. Inspector Underpants. Right. Inspector Underwear, Admitters Underpants. No, you're right. You're right. Underwear? Underwear, I thought. Underwear. <laughs> You're totally right. It's underwear. Yeah, I mean, well, well, Mike, well, maybe yeah. you'll turn the sound up when we get there because, yeah, they're going to go through the book and Lyle sure. will be misreading and Horshack will. It's <laughs> very funny. Couple more cops involved. Yeah, over the top squat here. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're happy about it. Here come the boobs. That's your story, all right?
Hey, you guys are nude. Very impressive. Anyway, I'm that point Isn't that funny? They just keep going. Anyway, okay, here you go. This is Crossroads. Bring it up now. All right, we know you're in there. So home on out. Home on out. So come on out with your fans. Oh, I remember that. And these poor girls. Would they feel bad when they have to film this? I wonder when they have to do this. <laughs> right on the commentary, you're talking about them coming to Hollywood, trying to be the next Catherine Hepburn, yeah. and they end up in Surf too. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, you wonder. Funny, the, okay, it's now, funny the courses our, our lives take. <laughs> Who knows? I'm sure they weren't expecting this. Now it's all. It's got to be bulletproof because none of the bullets are getting through. But yet yeah. this guy's going to lob a canister of tear gas, and it's going to go right inside. Here well, it goes. This film does introduce itself as a cartoon with Big Head eating the grate up front. So we kind of, suspension is disbelieved. Yeah, eating the fence. And that was fake, by the way. And you can tell because the gray spray paint ends up on Big Head's tongue. Right. But it does set the tone of this movie that, you know, yeah. no one's really going to get hurt. And I wonder you do... what it was made of. Yeah, it looks like licorice or something like that. It's Definitely like, spray yeah, paint. Charlie, yeah. Chaplin shoe. Charlie Chaplin shoe in the gold rush. Yeah, yeah, it was that fabric. The effects are good in this movie. The zombies are very uh, fun. Yeah. They are effective. And this is the early age. days of punk rockers, I guess. And it's funny, if you look at the cycle of, like, a lot of girls have that kind of makeup. Now, I'm looking at the punk faces. Girls like to dress up like that now, as much as the guys. With I'm the sure blue the streak of hair. You know, all that stuff on their face, yeah. Two-color hair, stuff on their lips, yeah. I love how Ron is, you know, he's oh, he a cigar too. He grips that cigar the entire time. Yeah. Right, so then, I guess they have to go to jail for this. Uh... Mark, you've been seriously hurt in there. Not a chance. They wouldn't let us get past their candies. <laughs> 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 okay. Now here's Jocko. And as you know, Sparkle lured him and John, and now they're zombies because they drank Buzz Cola. Right. Now, in this scene, Tom Villard, or a scene that's coming up, is going to freak out. And when they were shooting it, Eric Stoltz, I mean, they were really scared, and Jeff were really scared that he was going to hit them and hurt them. Uh huh. I'm, I'm laughing at the scene because they say, why don't you get something to eat? And there's like a, a stalk of celery just hanging out there. And he goes straight for the motor oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom had that funny way of walking like a zombie. Nobody else could do it like him. He had like shaky walk. Nobody else could zombie walk like him. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I've seen him in One Crazy Summer. We got it made and a lot of other stuff. And Yeah, uh, he, we've got it made, right? That show that flopped. But I, I watched it because of Tom. He yeah, me too. Good. He deserved better. He, he left us much too soon. Now, he was in Greece too, and I think you were in that as well. I was in Greece too, barely. I'm still trying to think where was Tom in Greece too? What did he play? My friend Stevie said he was in that, and I don't know where he was. What did he play? I don't know. I only know from IMDb credits that he was in that. My wife probably knows. And he is a Star Trek connection, Mike. He was in Deep Space Nine. Okay. Tom Villard. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now we're having a delivery of Buzz Cola. 
and we will have look how young you are eddie look at that great fashion yeah young stud yeah you got the the handcuffs on the side and the suspenders yeah Yeah. no eddie i understand that you graduated high school and went straight to hollywood tell us your motivation i came out the next day i wanted to be a comedian well i worked at my dad's jewelry store i had worked there and i fell asleep in the display window and dad fired me so i couldn't do that Dad offered to buy me a Dairy Queen franchise there, and I didn't want to run a Dairy Queen. So Dad said, tell you what, I'll give you $400 a month. This is 1975, remember? Yeah. He goes, I'll send you $400 a month. You can live on that. Try making it in Hollywood. So he'd send me $400 a month, and I got Greece within two years. I left out. In those days, yeah, $400 was enough in those days. My rent, I think, was $125 a month. And the rest uh-huh. bought me food, you know, and in, in, in that in those years, that would pay. Nowadays, you know, $400, you, you'll survive for like a week on that if you're lucky. I think with inflation, $400 is like $4,000, $5,000 now. Yeah, exactly. My dad was a very generous man. Well, I guess he had a little bit of money if he's throwing around Dairy Queen franchises and $400 yeah. checks. He was a great businessman. That's great. We didn't get on that great. You know, we had a lot of fights and all, but he was, when it came down to it, he was a really good father. I should have been a better son to him. I wish I was a better, I was a better son. We all have that wish, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Hindsight is perfect. Okay, yeah. now, Linda is a nerdy girl from high school, right. but Menlo, ha- or B- Bunny, has figured out how to give her, like, a beautification machine, and this yeah. is what keeps her pretty, and this is why she must be uh, on board with him and yeah. helping him so that she doesn't revert back to nerdism. Making, yeah, making that knockout a nerd, is, it's amazing metamorphosis, isn't it? This it's is such a jarring image. Brainchild in uh, one weekend of painkillers. He came up yeah. with all of this. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a jarring image. You, putting the, putting the trivia I never knew. That's interesting. What did Randall do? Now, did Randall work after this movie? Yes. And as a matter of fact, this movie was a bit of an embarrassment. And he would be in some, you know, like somebody's office. And when they find out that he did surf too, lots of times that was it. The interview was over. His agent uh, hated it. His agent said, this is the worst piece of shit I've ever read. Uh-huh. You know, because he was writing family things. He had never done a comedy. He was right. writing dramas. Right. You know? Interesting. Now, this is another great moment in this scene. Like, I would never expect to see this in a movie. They're kind of reenacting, I guess, like the Mark Twain Brog story, but... They well, have the chariots um, of fire music. Right, chariots oh, yeah, they of fire music. Or something. Yeah, they're racing frogs. Yeah. And they, and they have this fake oh, chariots yeah, of fire music. Oh, yeah, of fire. Yeah, chariots of fire. <clears throat> Which was on everybody's mind because it was late 70s. What was it, 78, 79? Oh, 83. Right. It was super on people's mind. Now, could chariots of fire suit us for plagiarism? Can they do that? Or, or do you have a license to steal like that? You, they probably not every note. Not every the, note. Right. No, they didn't. You, you can take the song and then change a note or two and get away with it. And that's oh, what is that how they do it? Yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. Put, that, put down that beaker, Borker. Or yeah. What was the line? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Put down that Booker Beaker, yeah. Yeah. Not too labored. Look how well-dressed Cleavon is in all this scene, you know. Yeah, he's great. What a, what a wonderful, nice man. Now, Peter Isaacson was a wonderful comedic actor. He ended up becoming oh, yeah. a producer. After mm-hmm. CPO Sharky, he just sort of 
wasn't in front of the camera anymore. Yeah, he wasn't. Peter is a great dear friend. He's wonderful. We did a Magnum PI the year before this, and I he was just the sweetest yeah. guy in the world. And he just I asked him about that. He just said he never liked acting. He never wanted the attention. Like we're we're pretty much egomaniacs. You know, an actor is, you know, look at me, an actress, look at me, look at me. Peter was never yeah. that way. He like he was much happier behind the camera. He just didn't have the ego for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's too bad because he was so funny. He nails it. He nails it when you know, he addresses get up. the audience. That scene on the beach, get down, get up. Yes. You know, that where he goes, yeah. get up. I thought that was hilarious. I always laugh at that one. And when he does the auto autopsy on the surfer, it's yeah. hilarious. And it's, yeah. yeah. I still think him on the skateboard. Action. He's yeah. going to introduce these movies uh, by skateboarding up on stage and then like uh -huh. hopping off the skateboard and walking to the dais. It's really right. funny. Like, it's very graceful. And this yeah. scene, too, is great. I mean, we've already seen the surfer blow his nose on the uh, bed sheet. And uh, you can see Cleveland just going to faint. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Down he goes. Now, you know, one thing I should mention, this has a uh, 60s, 80s, and a 50s vibe. And I feel like this this yeah. music, it seems like what they would have on the Gleason show or something. You're right, these commercials. Or yeah. in Greece, you know, we have that. You know, Greece, we have the commercial on TV. Brush up, brush up, brush up. The 50s commercials. Right. Yeah. Now, look. I love the way that the director says, okay, we did our bit in which it's a split screen. So let's just break reality. Yeah, exactly. He was, Randall, Randall was actually a good director. I think he was really good. He's one of the better directors I've worked with. I personally loved working for him. I thought he was really good. Well, from what I understand is he would let you do your thing. He had no yeah. issue with how you were... He wouldn't rein you in or tell you right. to play it up more. That's how I like directors. I worked for a turkey called Richard Fleischer, the worst director I ever did. And every time I tried to contribute something, oh, no, he was a crabby old curmudgeon. Every mm. time, hey, can I do it? No, anywhere. Just this old grout. Randall was the opposite. He was very giving. Anything I suggested, he tried. Now, if he didn't like it, we wouldn't do it. But he gave me free reign. You're right. You let me try anything I wanted. He was a really great comedy director. I loved him. Now, Mike, we saw Ruth Buzzy last year in Bad Guys, that wrestling film. A wrestling movie, which was also like 86. So she definitely uh -huh. had a career going after in the 80s. Yeah. I, yes. I know, um, what was the movie with Alan Arkin, uh, Carl Burnett, where it was like he was sleeping in the Transbay Terminal of San Francisco and Ruth Buzzy was like kind of a, uh, I don't know, she was part of a gang that was against him. Choo choo something I, I I forget, but I've seen Ruth in a lot of Buzzy in a lot of films. After okay, her legacy got away from me, yeah. Her legacy will always be laughing, of course. She'll always laughing, be tied. Yes. It's like no matter what I do, I'll always be tied to Greece, no matter what. But her legacy will be laughing. She now they are lady. they are real life scared of him right now. Tom Ballard apparently is the nicest guy, but yeah. the, you know somebody said definitely slamming, yeah, freaked out slam dance, yeah. Well, it's so funny because he's going to slam his head through the wall and then continue climbing out, even though there's yeah. no reason to do so. Uh, that wasn't scripted. Him hitting his head through the wall was scripted, and you can see that great um, uh, smoke machine that's coming yeah, up. Yeah, okay. Him right. crawling through the wall, that was going. all him. Yeah, it's really fun. Oh, here comes our wall. There it comes. Boom. Boom. That's all you need. Up. That's all you need. Then he keeps going. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Did he pass away of AIDS? Is that right? 
Well, it was, the answer is yes. It was pneumonia. Uh But I mean, you know, there's no immune system. And so the pneumonia took them. Sadly, I've had, I've worked with so many actors who who passed away of AIDS. It's so sad. Okay, so here we go, Mike, your scene. My favorite scene. Look at that. How graceful is that? Now, the audience hates him because he's an uncool teacher. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, is there, like, any breath? Like, don't they, like, not see the teacher at night? It's it's the high school. They don't get a break. (laughs) They don't get a break. (laughs) See Cleavon sitting there. We hardly notice him. Right. (laughs) A magazine, yeah. Now, Eddie's about to walk in in great cowboy boots and stuff, but right, Linda is really dressed up. This really. is where I put my legs up on the table, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, wow. There was a scene, we'll see a scene where someone lights a dog do-do bag and you, you crush it in your boots. Right now. And then, yeah. But <laughs> right. you'll see somebody really concerned in the crowd trying to put the fire out after the scene. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, it must you smell like. Good eye, Mike. Yeah, well, it's weird because it, technically, if shit did burn in this theater, people would probably leave the theater. It right. Is like, yeah, so it's a cartoon movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the now, film burns up. Yeah. I love this scene because we're watching a movie, watching the, uh, people watch a movie. So mm-hmm. we get to see ourselves right. kind of in it until well, the punk see, season what's, film. What's the recent film we saw? Did you see the one that came out with Sharon Tate? That Sharon Tate in the film? It was yeah, a right. movie, and she's, she's watching, watching the Wrecking Crew. Yeah, and this is she's like me watching there. that. Yeah, it's like me. Yeah. That's like the Sharon Tate same thing. Didn't she put her feet up on the seat too? Same thing. Oh, sure, bare feet. <laughs> <laughs> they stole it you from Surf too. Tarantino took this for Surf too. That's right. Yeah. You know, knowing Tarantino, he probably saw Surf too. I wouldn't be surprised. He loves weird esoteric films. Yeah. Oh, sure. And this is such a Southern California film too. I mean, yeah. It's a commentary on these surf movies. You know, I had a friend that used to host these films, like Warren Thomas or whatever the guy's name was, and mm-hmm. they would just show clips of surfboarding for right. you know endless, endless summer type of film. Now, who's yeah. that Hollywood? Is it Elvira? That's the vibe I get off of her. Oh uh, yeah, right. I could see that. And a little Liquid Sky, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Liquid Sky. I don't know if right. you know that movie, Eddie. Uh, look at that great cowboy hat, man. Okay, so yeah. here we go. He likes the dookie. <laughs> Oh no! Your, your poor boots. Yeah. The only time in my life I ever wore cowboy boots. <laughs> I see this fire right there. Guy's gonna put it out. He, he can't take it. Right next to Johnny Bighead, who is doing Belushi's uh, Bluto. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny, this whole movie, not that we're going to see it because it's going to burn up, but the whole movie is right. just shots of surfing. Yeah, yeah, that's all you need. Yeah. What has Josh been doing over the years? Can you tell me I loved him? Yeah. Let me Did he work after up. this movie? Um, I'm going to tell you in a minute. I want you to know that um, Sparkle is trying to warn everybody about Bud's Cola, uh-huh. but uh, Menlo Bunny keeps shutting him down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not and the gremlins do this too. I think around this time they eat the film. Yeah, I love it. Okay, Johnny Bighead, Joshua Camp Cadman. Uh, Josh Cadman, right? Do too much. He was in an episode of Quantum Leap in '89, and that was his last 
credit. Uh-huh. He was in The Sure Thing in 85, going all the way in 81, so that's mm-hmm. earlier. Okay. Um, they, do, they do have him on the video, on the DVD, the, the Blu-ray of uh, the uh, recent reissue, where the, he talks mm-hmm. in the making of, and he, okay. he gives his okay. regards, but he, he doesn't, okay. yeah. I love this scene. What a great horror movie scene. Like you, you have a romantic dinner with zombies serving food to her. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what girl could resist this? What's that? Yeah. What girl could resist this? Yeah. Now, one of the zombies is like drinking their wine. Yeah. They break the bottle and drink it. Yeah. I think I saw a recent movie where it was very similar that there was like kind of a mad scientist who created a romantic scene, but it was just out of just pure horror behind. That's interesting. Who knows? Everybody's stealing from Surf too, apparently. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We agree. I would love to really, though, I've always wanted to ask the Simpsons writers if they got Buzz Cola from that as a little homage. I, the first time I saw it was like about 30 years ago, and I've always wondered about it. Yeah, because they did a lot of, a lot of their bits are homages, homages that are now like part of their canon. Like the phone calls that Mo got were based on these calls from the two bar in, in right. Jersey City. And right. then there's like even the dough is a reference to some guy in the '30s. So the references yeah, with, become uh, what's his their name? moneymaker. James Finlayson, yeah, the Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. yeah, but he doesn't get yeah. any money off of it, and mm-hmm. so you know, and they make a profit off it. Oh, this is right. a crazy scene right here. This is this is the scene where I was watching this and I just couldn't believe it was happening. Well, it's not camera tricks. They are really going to turn this into a convertible mm-hmm. right now with a chainsaw. Yeah. Oh, they're going to cut through really. They yeah, it's did crazy. This. Yeah. Now, this director never saw joysticks, never even heard of it, and it so goes with this film. Uh-huh. Joysticks was before this. Around the same time, I think. Okay, yeah, I remember joysticks coming out. I have it right here. Oh, here, I'm going to have to play the line. 1983. Joysticks was 1983. What this is really cool. What convertible? Mom, we're taking the convertible out. Yeah, the soundtrack is great. Like, it's interesting watching the videos because the yeah, you see, F, you see the F? Yeah, now, adding the F in there. Dick Dale was cut from this. Version. Oh, it was cut, and then the, the Untouchables. He's in. Now, did you meet Dick Dale, Eddie? No, I, ne- I never remember meeting him, no. Now, this guy was the father of surf music. He Is that did right? all that stuff with reverb. He had, like, Arabic scales, you know. Interesting. And he was a big, big deal. No, I, I didn't know that. Now, Carol was all about The Tonight Show. She was a recurring character on yes. Johnny Carson. Yeah, the tea party girl, the tea, right. tea time lady. Tea time lady. This is a very a fun fight that they're having. She did, she did a Bewitched episode. She was a very famous actress in the 60s and 70s. She did a yes. lot of TV. Yes. There's a girl, here's another question. There's a girl on Playboy called Nina Wayne. Is that Carol's sister? She looks just like her. Um, yes, Nina was her sister, and okay. they started, they were um, like ice capades kind of people. They were skaters together, uh-huh. and they were in some films and such together. But Carol, 
Carol got onto the Tonight Show, and that led to many other things. But Nina, now Carol was in Playboy. Lyle Wagner was in Playgirl. Uh-huh. I think some um, Linda was in Playboy, uh-huh. and there's one other who was in Playgirl. Uh, it might have been the dad. Lyle Wagner. Lyle Wagner. Lyle Wagner. Yeah. Girl. But there's another one of the dads who was as well. Well, oh, really? Comedian one. Oh. Oh, how funny. You mean Morgan Paul or the other guy? The comedian with the mustache? Yes, it's the um, Biff Menard. Biff Maynard, yeah. Biff Maynard. Maynard. Yeah. Maynard. Uh-huh. Now, it's really interesting. His birth and death both have mystery. There's like he was either born in 39 or 43. He's got mm-hmm. like a duplicate paperwork. Uh-huh. And his death, he was sick for a long time, but nobody knows how he died. What his was the sickness he had. He mm-hmm. died in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. This is uh, this is entertainment. Can I tell you a, a true fact? I don't, don't want to bring your thing down. But I, I was gonna say I wasn't gonna mention this, but since he's dead, I guess it doesn't matter. But he was uh, in real life a racist. I never, like, I haven't worked with him. Oh, yeah. He was the most racist man I ever met. We, w- I was with, this, I with him one day, okay, and there was an African American secretary, and he said, "I'm going to rub your head for luck." And he's literally, I was like cringing. I wanted to bell him. But he was saying this stuff. He was, I mean, you hear the term thrown around, racist, racist. But he was a real life race. He must have been raised ignorantly. But yeah. as far as me, he was a nice guy. But he was a very ignorant man. Now, in the scene in which they're in the town council and right. you're underneath the table hiding, right. apparently uh, he, Mannard wanted to fight with Cleavon. There was going to be a, they were going to have a fight. Yeah, it's mentioned in the commentary. Now I'm thinking he's African-American. Maybe that was. Might be. Maybe it had something to do with it. I would say he was the only racist I've ever worked with in like 20 odd films all my career. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. Okay, so now we're going to get our gross-out scene, in which they eat a lot, bunch of disgusting stuff. And yeah, yeah. A boom mic. A boom mic yes. is invisible. Oh, even worse. Oh, is that right? <laughs> the the gross-outs we could handle, but the boom mic was too much. Yeah, that <laughs> was over the top. When we watched the both versions, the theatrical cut and the uh, director's cut, they added mm-hmm. even more gross stuff to the gross-out scene. Like Really? Yeah, so the, uh, the our uh, asparagus is going to have bird shit on his sandwich that he's going to eat. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what gross me? I remember this is later in the movie, but I remember the scene where they're having sandwiches at the end. You know, and Ruth were on the beach. Ruth Buzzy eats a mayonnaise sandwich. She really eats yeah. that. She really ate. It, I almost threw up. I, it made me <laughs> nauseous. But yeah, I saw she put the mayonnaise on it. She took a big bite of the sandwich. Oh my god! It's that's a that's a favorite scene because of your hats. Yeah, you wear in this movie. Know, that was my real hat. I was my real yeah. hat. I had. Yeah. I'd use it as a gag, and I brought it in this set, and Randall let me use it. Oh, now sure. you have the producer Porky's kind of boob smack there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now the original footage with everyone dancing in the cast, and then this added-on footage, it's mixed in in the same scene, and they kind of have a different feeling. Interesting. Even the. Even the sunlight hitting them, it's from right, a different, different angle, you know? Yeah. Right. Oh, so there's the Untouchables. That's the Untouchables, right. And they mentioned there's a guy from the Southern California dance uh, punk scene that dances in this movie that they, they talked a lot about. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. So they were really a group. There was a group called the Untouchables. Sure, they're actually in Repo Man, the movie too. Okay, uh, well. I didn't know yeah. that. I'm, I'm so not into that scene. Okay. Yeah, it was like this the ska scene of the uh-huh. Southern California early '80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and he really goes for it, Tom Ballard, in this movie, in this scene. Yeah, he chews up the scenery literally, doesn't he? Literally. This is the part of the movie where I, I regret telling people they should see this movie because you have yeah. that duplex scene. It's so clever, so well done. And then he breaks yeah. the, the window. And then you have this scene. And it's like, yeah. I still have to endorse this movie. And then they added this part where he gets yeah. roasted yeah. titties. You're right. Why mess with it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is all not really gross stuff. It's like baked goods in the form of a starfish and mm-hmm. uh, gummy worms kind of stuff. Yes. Okay, well, I could, get, I could deal with that, but then watching those guys eat bird shit sandwiches is yeah. like too much. Yeah. God knows. I guess that was whipped cream, maybe. I don't know what they used. Yeah. Got their buzz money. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the guy you were talking about, Mike, his name was Craig Allen Rothwell, and he was called Spaz Attack back in the punk days. Okay, yeah, so he's doing his Spaz Attack dance in this movie. Now, he was in Ego's um, Can't Get No Satisfaction, and he did, like, five backflips in which he lands on his back. It must have hurt. Yeah, it's a good song for him. That's gross. Like, I feel so embarrassed. Like, I tell people to see this movie. Yeah. Like, Don't worry about the TNA. It's just the way it yeah. is. And then you get to this. No, scene I, mean, like, I would be embarrassed to bring my parents to this movie or my sister with, with the <laughs> TNA and this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the reasons why this film kind of resonated because it it had its TNA and then more. Okay. So we get the bird shit and titties in the background. In the scene. Right. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. Meanwhile, you got these cool looking punks. Yeah, you have to balance the art. And it's hard, it's a hard balance in showbiz. He's eating the bird shit. Yeah. I don't want to think about this. Now, um, Eddie, you talked about playing poker a lot with Eric and Josh, but that's yeah. just after the movie was done. You would go it, on it, to play poker with them. No, right? I think it was during the movie too. I think during the shoot, we do it on weekends, you know. We would uh-huh. we would hang together. They were great. Eric, Jeffrey, and, and Josh were all great guys. We'd hang together a lot. Oh no, the one thing he doesn't want to yeah. eat. Is that one of your hats? Which is that one? It was like an umbrella. Oh, that's mine. Yes, that is mine yeah. too. I brought that in. The umbrella and the big hat are both mine. So he doesn't drink it, big head. Don't drink it, big head. Don't drink no. it. <laughs> yeah, he can't. Yeah, He'll he eat all this shit on the beach. Yeah. He's kind of like our Superman at the end. He's like James Bond. He breaks into the villain's lair and, and frees everybody. Yeah. So Tom Ballard wins the gross out contest. Yeah. He seems happy about it. Now, this soundtrack was never released, and Oingo Bongo wrote a a song for this movie, and it's nowhere else unless you watch this movie. Is that right? 
I think it's called Hold Me Back. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. If you're Oingo Boingo Completus, you have a copy of Surf 2. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, this guy right here. Uh Yes, this is Spaz Attack. Wrong guy to drink it. And he will do his freak out dance. You know, this is his trademark. This was what got him onto a Devo video. But they all like his dancing. They do. So there were three Beach Boys songs. There was the Circle Jerks were in this. Thomas Mm -hmm. Dolby. Um, Oingo Boingo had two songs. One you can't find anywhere else. Mexican Radio by Wall of Voodoo. Oh, I love that song. Great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. The Beach Boys, so the Beach Boys might have seen Surf too. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's well, at right. least they got a yeah. check from it for sure. It's strange yeah. to hear the Beach Boys on this because it, it seems like well, they, get around. They, they get, get around. They get around. <laughs> Touche. Nice Very good. Well, dead. Wait a minute. You two, you two have two of the Beach Boys' names. Did you realize it? Oh yeah. Michael well, Carl, I guess. Are yeah. Beach Boys? Uh, well, I think Carl's a better name than Mike when it comes to the Beach Carl Boys. Wilson and Mike Love, yeah. I'm yeah, Mike Love. Up. I'm Eddie. <laughs> you have a pretty decent name, I think. Oh, so they abduct the girls. Did you guys not get that joke? That was hilarious. No, say What again. happened? What's the joke? Yeah, what happened? I thought you had a. Pre- I think you have a pretty decent name. Your name oh, Menlo Schwarzer, Bunny? No, no. Okay, forget it. He's I'm trying sure to ride decent with decent. Oh, a decent name. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I, I would like to apologize on behalf That's of the late. podcast. You're absolved. You're absolved. Thank you. Tell that joke halfway through the movie. <laughs> now, Eddie used no cue cards in this. No, you're right. Movie. These were the only days I did. And this was after War Games. War Games when I started using them, but this I did all myself. No cue cards. Right. Nice. I thought War Games was a really good character. You're giving away our best stuff. Yeah. I couldn't say data encryption algorithm. I just kept forgetting the line, so they gave me the cue cards. <laughs> okay, so now Sparkle is going to sort of team up with um, with Chuck and uh, Joe, and they're yeah. going to, I don't know, like... She's got her, Sparkle's got her toe half in the water. She wants to help them, but she doesn't reveal everything until Mm -hmm. the way end of this whole scene. Mm -hmm. Now, this was the very first scene they shot for this movie. It's a really long scene. Oh, is that right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's we we meet all the surfers up front, and half of them turn into the zombies. So these are the two main characters. Like, you don't really expect it. Like, I I thought it would be the other people. Mm -hmm. But, yeah pretty good yeah they're gonna kill this guy basically they'll open him up remove his guts leave him there well he won't die he'll remember he's gonna drink buzz cola and it's gonna come out of the sutures right yes yeah right now we give randall a lot of credit for this film but much 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 of this film was ad-libbed and um we're like some of the greatest things peter says like that's the cycle of life right there, boys. It was all out <laughs> Yeah, He's really funny at this. My, the only thing I remember was a little, it takes like a couple seconds. My last scene on the beach, you know, where we're on the beach, and I have that big hat that sticks out. Yes. I turn the head and smack somebody. But that was my bit. I said, I'm going to do it. <laughs> that's fine. 
That was the only thing I remember. I remember pretty much sticking to the script on my part because I love to ad lib and I have a hard time memorizing lines. You do stick to the script in this film. Yeah, pretty yeah. much so. That's the well, second thing. It's funny. That's funny. I guess it's Jaws. It's nice that he has the plastic uh, curtains already prepared. Mm. Now, there were plans. Well, they were very, very loose. It was just Randall thinking about it. But there were plans for a th another a follow-up movie. It was going to be three. called Surf 3 3D. No. You're kidding. Well, the whole concept was these aliens crash into the ocean and in Southern California, and they kind of get hooked on surfing. Um, and they had, like, two hands... So they would walk on their hands and mm -hmm. uh, and sort of like a head, and they would disguise themselves by wearing balloon pants. You know those mm -hmm. '80s MC Hammer kind of pants. Right, right. I didn't even hear about this. I never heard of it. Well, I only heard it on the D, uh, the Blu-ray commentary mm -hmm. uh, with Randall Baddett. Oh, we nice. were, you know, of course, you know, we were the first movie in the history of motion pictures to be a two before there was a one. There was actually a Guinness movie records book. And Surf 2 was listed. It goes the, the first movie ever to be listed as 2 when there was no original movie. And then later, okay. I think Bill Cosby took that gag. He had Leonard Part 6. He kind of right. had a switch on that gag. But we were the first. It is so funny how it's Surf 2, the end of the trilogy. Yeah, exactly. For the yeah, first movie. Yeah. yeah. I used to have a poster. There was a great poster for it, I remember. A girl's legs on a surfboard. It was a great poster. I think I've seen that. It has a list of all the music on it, too. Yeah. Also, I think it's one of the two or three films I got top billing. You know, it's, I, I don't get a top billing bro, but I'm usually one of the lower ones. Do you and remember the other one? Guy. Yeah, you're a villain in this. Oh, yeah, I'm a bad guy. You're right. You're, you're right. Yeah. It'll be now, here he wakes them all up just by talking. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, he's the secret weapon in this movie because he, he just kind of hits when you don't expect it. Yeah, it's crazy that he never liked being in front of the camera because he's so funny. His he's so hilarious, is isn't he? Yeah. Now, this is the scene in which Sparkle will reveal everything, including her real identity. I right. forget your name. See how the, he's not dead. He got oh, autopsy, right. but he's not dead. Right. Oh, thank God. And here comes the uh, the gag, cartoon gag. Now, if that happened in my house, I would definitely put a tray underneath it so it won't hit the carpet. <laughs> you you can't sit down without a coaster. Right. <laughs> what became of Brandis Kemp? Did she work after this? She passed away recently. Oh, uh, yeah, did she? Yeah. Oh, she was so nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, just Friday, a couple. Yeah. Friday's lasted for about two seasons, I remember. You know, it's it's actually on one of the streaming services. I think Tubi has has it. Not all, not every episode, but they do have the Andy Kaufman ones that they were known for. Oh yeah, those right. That was the big one, right? Remember? Yeah. Jack Burns came in. Yeah, they got in a fight. I remember that. But what was weird is he showed up the next season, and he, Andy Kaufman was born again with his wife, 
and he spent the monologue singing Christian songs and then stopped the police from performing because the last bit had drug humor and he was a, against drugs. Oh my God. So he was still doing a routine. Like, and that one's not so well known, but yeah, she's great in it. And the, the show is pretty miserable usually, but yeah, it was, it was a yeah. poor man's Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You now, try to watch it now. the one that COVID 19 yes. um, put the period on the end of the sentence. Now, she was not doing well with some brain cancer, but it was this complications from COVID-19 that did her in. Oh, that's a shame. Super nice lady. Yeah. Yeah. So here comes the secret. Thank you, Mike. I was his girlfriend. Oh, that's impossible. The only girl Schwartz ever hung around with was Florinda Budnick. Yeah, Florinda Budnick. Florinda Budnick? He's a pretty, pretty nerd. Well, they show like a nerdy picture next to her legs and stockings, so it's a little contrast. The scene doesn't have yet, yeah. so we're, we're bored. Yeah, they got. <laughs> this is the Stray Cats. Yeah, oh, the Stray Cats? I remember them, yeah. Stray Cat Strut. Yeah, there's a lot of decades of pop culture in this movie. The 50s, yes, you're 70s, exactly right, yeah. You know, uh, Horseshack, I guess, for the 70s. Mm hmm. Now, this was 10 years after... Okay, now, Eddie's hiding under one of those gingham tables by the two dads. Right. And they're arguing to, to keep the beach closed until they understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. So they say, like, everybody knows Buzz Cola is what's the problem. So Eddie replaces the Buzz Cola with Cola. Just uh -huh. Coke, you know? Right. It's amazing to me how they go, I don't know, it's just soda. I guess it's okay. They just did an autopsy on a dude. <laughs> knows it's motor oil. <laughs> so, Eddie, this is the scene in which um, Mannard wanted to fight, Biff wanted to fight Cleavon. Do you remember the incident? No, I honestly don't. I, I don't remember that. Uh, no, for some reason I don't. I don't know why. They okay. got into some kind of upside on the side and they really wanted to fight. Yeah, I'm sure his racism probably had to do it. He probably said something obnoxious and Cleavon probably wanted to fight him. Something might have, you know, it might have happened earlier and it was boiling over. Right, wow. right. <laughs> this is also a great scene because it takes place in the middle of the day in a pizzeria. Yeah. Yeah. Into zombies. He calls him Bob's dad, not by his name, Bob's dad. And that was his name in the script, Bob, uh -huh. Chuck's dad and Bob's dad. Oh, how funny. Dad, right. I always thought that was funny that poor Chuck and Bob has this sordid history that their their fathers are poisoning their kids, turning their yeah. friends into zombies. <laughs> when they're with them in the previous scene, he goes, why would they be doing it? Why would they be doing it? And they go, mommy. Goes, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Morgan Paul, is he still around? Uh, let me just look. He was the one who I really liked in Blade Runner. Yeah, uh, and he was in, you know, Patton. He goes back to Patton. He's in a true classic. 
Yeah, that's right. He was um, the the assistant guy, Captain Richard Jensen. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, eighty two Blade Runner. Uh, Apple. He was in the Apple Dumpling Gang. Rides again, Mike. Okay. Uh, he was in Norma Ray. With, okay, uh, so he has yeah, a good resume. That's mysterious. Yeah. The Last Hard Men with Charlton Heston. Uh, I don't think I have any credit for him past the early 80s. Okay, so this might have been his last film. It could be. Okay. And this was definitely the last film of Cindy Lou. Right. Or maybe That's... I'm saying it backwards. Um, Wendy Sue? <laughs> Lindy Sue. Lindy, Lindy Sue. Sue, right. It was, last... Puerto Rico. it was the last film for Carol Wayne. Yeah, right. She passed away after this. Yeah, she yeah. also had brain cancer, and she died in her sixties, early sixties. She was sixty-one. Who is this? And this is uh, Lucinda Dooley. Oh my God, that's so tragic. She was so yeah. sweet. Her first first film was Spielberg's nineteen forty-one. This is yeah. her last role. Oh. She got married. Oh, so she up acting. So I worked with her before. I worked with her in forty-one. Yeah. I have to say, I saw that movie just the last week, and I loved you in it. It was a terrific. Oh, thank movie. you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Tomorrow is sadly we're talking about sad things. Tomorrow is the anniversary of John's passing. Wow. John Bloom. What John Lucy? Oh, is it? Well, let's talk about something nice. Yeah. Two days from now, Eddie's got a birthday. Yes. Thank you for remembering. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I turned sixty-six. Believe it or not, I did Greece uh-huh. when I was twenty. Surf two. I was oh, what? I was. I was uh, 27 when I did Surf 2, I guess. Yeah. That's great. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Carl. You've got a full decade on me, and I think I'm old. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is where the the punks, the zombies surf. They're not good surfers. Really poor Mm -hmm. etiquette. You know, push people off. Right. Now, you can see how badly done it is. The real surf scenes, that's Eric's stand-in. And then the ones they do in the studio, like this. Yeah. But, you know, those beach movies with Frankie and, and uh, Annette, it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, we just watched one last week. We, we just watched Beach, beach Blanco Bingo last week. You're right. It oh, I so love that fake. one. Yeah. Yeah. But we went to them all as kids. Now, that had Don, Randall, Don Rickles in. Yeah, ahead, Don I'm Rickles sorry, was in. Be, right. Beach Blanco Bingo, that's Don Rickles in it. Now, Randall didn't do it himself, but the producers of this film, there were two producers, really good people. They went to Annette Funicello and um, what's his name? Um, Frankie Avalon. Frankie Avalon. And they said, they didn't even like stay on the phone. They're like, we're not, we're not. No, no, no. Goodbye. Oh, really? Was that Bronstein? Ron Bronstein? Bronstein? Uh, The producers was George Bronstein. George Bronstein, right? Yeah, and I worked with Frankie in uh, Greece. You know, he was a wonderful, nice guy. Uh huh. Yeah. And they brought Linda Carriage to the production. Uh They bumped into Linda Carriage on the street in Los Angeles. They were coincidentally doing a movie in which there was a Marilyn Monroe lookalike. Now, Linda had a small mini career as a Marilyn Monroe lookalike. I could see that, yeah. No, it that made sense that they saw her and thought, hey, she looks like Marilyn Monroe. So they cast her in this horror film, Fades of Black. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my god, that was famous. Let's see here. I don't um, think I've seen it. Let's see I what music's playing. Playboy. Um, striking resemblance to Marilyn Monroe. They offered her a part. It led to her posing as an actress for Playboy photo shoot in their December 1980 episode as Marilyn. Mm -hmm. Rampant interest from photographers, filmmakers who wanted to photograph and cast her as lookalike characters. She would appear as a Monroe double once more in Go West, Young Man, 1980. So I guess she's just out of the public eye. This is yeah. very funny. She's born in New South Wales, Australia. The mm -hmm. town she was born and raised in was called Wagga Wagga. Interesting. Okay. He's probably married with kids right now, I bet. I bet. And they're yeah. probably all grown. Yeah. I wonder if Wagga he shows Wagga. himself too. Fozzie Bear came from there too. Is that right? My favorite Muppet. Well, I'm just making a joke because he always goes wacka wacka. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> then they beat the punks. They Yeah, that's right. They win yeah. the trophy. Right. But there we go ahead and turn it up. He's gonna give a little speech. He's trying to fully control the coast. Yeah, and he's doing it with the help of two bogus businessmen. Our fathers. Our fathers. fathers. Got some gravitas in this movie. Now you they go against their parents. They, they got punk. Yeah. They drank the Buzz Cola. Oh, yeah, they get abducted. Is no one else on this beach? Not during filming. Now we are deep into act three here and we're getting towards our climax mm -hmm. and Menlo will reveal his big plot and it'll all get messed it's up. Like you're narrating a porn flick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. That was Now look how they're getting sucked down into, I mean, it's really just reverse footage, mm -hmm. but they're getting sucked down into uh, uh, Bunny's hideout. Right. But it always, it always, the scene always reminds me of the monkey. Like the monkeys always end in like, this. There's some kind of crazy sped up uh, chase scene. Things right. Fall apart. Right. Right. Yeah. Except there's no song. Right. Okay. There's no. Now we're going to have some of the worst. Now it's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. We're now going to have some of the worst comedic acting we've ever seen. <laughs> and roll them. <laughs> Is this hilarious? What do we think? I think it's <laughs> Give him a break. I do find these suitcases where you stick your head in kind of jarring. Well, they are going to bottom beautify them now. First, too late. Too late. That's Rick. It's already too late. What time is it? Oh, Eddie, do you remember her being up close to you all the time, and you could smell yeah. her? And... Yeah. By the way, that was my ad lib. That little bit of shtick was mine. Uh huh. What time is it? Oh, it's about that. Hey, never mind. Did like a double take, like a Bob Hope double take there. I threw in little things like that. I love it. I might have worked once, but not again. I used to want to be like the other kids, you know. I wanted to be a surfer. I wanted to be hip and bitchy and gnarly. 
But that's over now. It only went. Wait, wait that was a mistake. I should have said bitchin. It should have been B-I-T-C-H-I-N. I said bitchy. That was a mistake by me, and they left it in. With a powerful reverse sex hormone. You know what it's like to be the only guy on the beach with tit? It's miserable. Oh, yeah. This is my drag scene, yeah. But you're not very stacked. I need falsies, don't I? <laughs> okay, that's... That budget. okay, now Johnny yeah, Bighead will ruin everything for Menlo by simply destroying the place. I destroy anything. But it does remind me like of James Bond or even Casino Royale in the 60s where mm -hmm. they just come in and destroy everything at the end. Right. But, yeah, the monkey song will play right about now. Yeah, now we'd be hearing Auntie Griselda. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the worst sung song in the history of the Rocky era. <laughs> now, in an earlier script that Randall wrote, you know, and I, I mean earlier by like the first half a day, he was actually having the surfers murder people and kill people. Seriously? And then it was like, yeah. And he's like, this isn't funny. Yeah. That takes away, well, that takes away the comedy atmosphere. It kind of kills the atmosphere. So he abandoned that. Yeah. Good. It does have a good horror element to this comedy, though. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the zombies and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. It is, yeah. It's a bit of a time capsule, right? Because this went on. We had these punks walking around like that in the 80s. Yeah. Now the, the the you know secret hideout has been destroyed and they're all kind of washing ashore. Right, and with Big Head dragging them. Now Menlo will be one of the last ones. Now mm -hmm. in Surf Three Three D, it was supposed to be that he comes out of prison, but in this film, you know Eddie's character never goes to prison. As right. a matter of friends, right? He becomes yeah. friends. I remember being washed up on shore, yeah. Look at him. Dickhead, he's he's like James Bond. He goes in the underground lair, destroys it, saves everyone. Right. You would think in this plot that it would be Eric Schultz, who was the hero, yeah. saving the day, but not at all. Yeah. Now, there are movie rules, and this movie breaks them all. You're right. And I don't think we notice. I think it's still... A good film. Well, yeah, he did something original. Randall did something original there. Now you really have been struggling, you're tripping and everything, but that was mm -hmm. on purpose, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to fall down, kind of like Charlie Chaplin. You know, that's the best Chaplin. Uh -huh. I want to get a physical stick falling down, tossed into the back. Yeah. Now he is going to get taken away here, but we're going to see him on the beach in a minute. Yeah, not where I have my famous hat. Yeah, it is touching. Everyone's friends at the end. I wonder whatever became of that hat, by the way. Some lucky guy on eBay has it. Yeah. <laughs> Thing is, we'd be touching base with you to find out what happened to it. Yeah. <laughs> so here comes Other our dads. dad, and the joke is they're womanified. Yeah. And then Fred As uh, Asparagus chases after them. Yeah, and you can see that 
that is a tacked on thing. It's it's not really the dads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, in respect to the producers, which I really don't want to do, they tied it in together because the extra footage met the original footage in the mm-hmm. story. Nice camera. Minolta, remember that? Yeah. I think it's so funny today. You take a picture with your phone and it does the sound of the a 35 millimeter film advancing. Yeah. Well, they have to. It's by law. You have Kids. to you have to indicate someone's photographing you. Uh-huh. Mm. Wow, look at Carol's uh bathing suit. Yeah. Okay, we get the mayonnaise. Here comes the hook. And yeah, oh, we're about to get the mayo. Look at that hat. He's got Twister for a shirt. Oh, there's the mayonnaise, yeah. Yeah, that's my shirt. The polka dot shirt was mine, too. <laughs> Terrific. Matching. Now, look at that peanut butter. Yeah. Oh, oh, the head. How did she eat that? This is probably one of the nicest scenes of this movie, that everyone just is pals and... Yeah, it's a sweet yeah, scene, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, all is right with the world, and we wrap yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the girls are not zombies anymore. Right, you're right. It's kind of sweet. Yeah, and they're great in this too because they're not putting up with it. They're okay with it. They're just not putting yeah, up. Yeah, they're okay. Them. Yeah, it's not a drag. It's right. Not a drag. Thanks, Carl. And you can hear him talk loudly. Okay, now look. You see how it's not really the two dads. But they're dressed like him. And there's a voiceover, you hear them. Yeah. You're right. Oh, so it's different people. Uh-huh. And that's how it goes. And that's uh, yes, Surf 2. What a nice joy. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Eddie, so much. Well, I really yeah. enjoyed that. That was a trip. We're we're big fans of it, and uh, you did a great job. And we thank you so much for being part of a, our show today. Listen, and yeah, it was entire movie with us. Let's, let's do another one. Find another one. Let's do it again. I, I really had a good time. Thank you so much, Carl. Thank you, Mike. All right, we'll thank do Mugsy's Women if you're into it. Mugsy's Women. Girls. Mugsy's Girls. Yeah. You remember it? You oh remember? sure. No, Stevie and I watched it about three weeks ago. We we put it on it. it. We couldn't get through it, but it's pretty bad. But we did try to watch it. Well, Another we'll one was a uh, laser blast. Laser blast is a class. Laser blast. You've seen the Mystery Science Theater, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the funniest MST three thousands ever. It's hilarious. I just wrote about it yesterday on my Facebook page. In fact, now the other oh, one we did of yours already on our show, which we might like to do, is the the Rosebud Beach Hotel. Yeah, where I met Peter Scolari, who I loved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. He's in great there. times. And yeah, you play an time. alien. And at the end of it, you show your photos from your trip. Yeah. It's yeah. a really good one, too. So. Funny boys, whatever became of them. Yeah. The funny boys, that's right. They're the, like the waiters or something in there. Yeah. That's right. The bell boys. Yeah. So did you know them from the comedy scene or? No, I, I've never met them before Roseville Beach Hotel. I just met them there and they were, they were very nice. Yeah. Well, very cool. Eddie, thank you so much for joining us here on LWAFLMOIT. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Have a great weekend, you guys.
You too. Okay. Bye. bye. Thank you, Eddie. Sure. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, we, well, Eddie uh, logs off. We want to tell you, you could go to Facebook. Uh, he has a, a fan page there, which he's active in, and to get more information. We'll be back next week. We'll, we're here every Sunday on Mutiny Radio. We're on the YouTube and, uh, of course, on your podcast. Next week's movie is now in the public domain. We'll be watching The Jazz Singer. The Jazz Singer, the first sound feature of this planet. Looking forward to it. So we'll catch you guys then. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Man. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Man. It's been German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with more. friend i wrote this song uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and the way champagne tickles my nose and i love to paint outdoors listen you should follow me on twitter it's jokes to carl the french duh not the oh, oh, duh. let's watch a full-length movie on to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. That's short for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube, W-M-S-A-C. How's it going, Carl? Good, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. I can't do it fast, right? L-W-A-F. Carl, I don't know the Carl sign language. L M L O. O. We. It's very important up top for us to let you know that our acronym is L W A F L M O Y T because we would love for you to subscribe for us on our podcast or our YouTube channel. And guess what? We are streaming right now on Mutiny Radio 
.fm, which is a full-on .fm internet radio station broadcasting out of San Francisco. We've been on the air there since 2016. We love that station. You could go to mutinyradio.fm. You could press the donate donate button, donate (laughs) money, and then, or or go to Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Throw a couple bucks in, but check out their website. Check out what's streaming right now, which is us, if you're listening. And of course, subscribe to our podcast. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We're going to watch it with you. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl has selected the movie. Carl wrote the theme song you just heard. He has a special interview coming up. uh, And he's also researched what movie. Carl, what are we watching? Today we are watching Dirty Little Billy, 1972. Dirty Little Billy. That's what you put in the search engine. Say 1972. I think you're only going to get... You're going to get two choices, but I'll click away and you'll find out you really only get one choice. And the channel is Stu Karkanis. Okay. K-A-R-K, Kark, A-N-N-A-S, Karkanis. It's not Arkansas with a K in front of it. Stu Karkanis is our channel. Dirty Little Billy, 1972. All right. Well, that's a bunch of But you're saying that's the only version of this movie. Well, there's another one that looks like it is, but when you click on it, it's somebody just shot a television set and it's like they cut off the last 15 minutes. Okay, we don't want that one. We want the longer version. And it's a little Dirty Billy. What? Isn't that the movie? Dirty Little Billy, Dirty Little Billy, 1972. That's what I just said. You said a little... Dirty Billy, Billy, which is very descriptive. I mean, you're not way off base. Dirty there. little Billy, and I said a little dirty Billy. You said, you said little dirty Billy, but it's okay. dirty little Billy. Fair enough. I have to admit, my headphones decided to go off during the description, so I was unable to hear any of that prior to it. So <laughs> it is dirty little Billy, DLB, of course, 1972, and we are looking for the channel. Stu. Stu. Okay. Yeah, it's Carcanus. Stu Carcanus. Go ahead and click that link once you find it and hit pause. We want you to move the timer to zero, zero, zero. We, again, producer Carl has knocked it out of the park once again. I haven't had a chance to listen to this, but he went and spoke to a celebrity comedian, and the celebrity comedian will give the celebrity comedian countdown. And when they say zero or go, excuse me, when they say go, press the start button and we'll start mm-hmm. the movie. But first, Check out this comedian. Take it away, Carl. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Celebrity Count- Comedian Countdown, this time with James Bonjamin. Oh, thank you. Thank welcome, you. Welcome, James. Oh, thanks for having me, Carl. Now, James, we know each other out there on the comedy scene. We see each other so, you know, at shows, at open mics and stuff. So I'm wondering, like, how you got started in comedy and how long you've been doing it. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know, like, at family gatherings, like, people always, like, come up to me and be like, oh, man, you should be, like, a stand-up comedian. I'm like, I don't, I don't think I got it. <laughs> and then uh, I was in Boston for college, and one of my buddies, he was interested in it, too. Um, and we just hit, like, an open mic, and I, I bombed, and then I never did it again for, like, a year. Right. Uh, a year or two, and then I took a class, and, like, that just got me, like, comfortable with, uh, like, being up on stage and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I was coming back during the pandemic or before the pandemic uh, when I moved to uh, Poughkeepsie and then uh, the pandemic hit 
but I'd say I'm hit, I've been hitting it hard for like the past like two and a half years. Um, mm -hmm. But like 2017, I think is like the first mic I ever did. Wow, that's going back. So where yeah. was this comedy class? Uh, it was at um, not Improv Boston. I did do an in improv class too later on. I mm -hmm. sucked at that. Um, so it was in Boston. Yeah, yeah, it was in Boston. Okay. I can't remember the name. I'm blanking on it. Now, I see you in New Jersey all the time, but I consider you a Hudson Valley comedian. Is that fair? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd consider that as well. But I'm, I'm very close to Jersey. I, I do a lot of, like, the Nanuet Nyack mics, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, bouncing around all over. But I wish there was more up here, but unfortunately there's not yet, so. Got to do a little driving to get to the comedy sometime. Exactly, yeah. Jersey's a big outlet for that. I know you take advantage of that, and that's really smart. Yeah, now, for sure. Recently, you got a surprise opportunity to perform at a huge club, Levity Live. Hal brought that to you. Tell us that story and how you got selected. Yeah, so um, Mel's been great to me. Um, I, you know, just showing up to the Henry and, and the mics he started. Um, mm -hmm. And we kind of built a good relationship. Um, and he's put me on some shows at the Henry um like some fundraisers and stuff like that so he's been amazing and he just like I, I was pretty down about comedy for a while like I, uh -huh. I, I was struggling to get booked and I was like I don't even really want to like should I continue this like is there a point and then like I got a text from Mel out of the blue and he's like hey do you want to perform at Levity Live this Sunday or this weekend you'll, you'll do three shows um it was a holiday weekend in February uh is that MLK no uh, President's Day Mm -hmm. weekend, which also coincides with my wife's birthday so i was like uh oh i don't know <laughs> like I, I mean she she fully supported me and, and great better about it yeah but uh it, it was amazing um dj demers was the headliner couldn't have been nicer and the, and the feature was kevin dombrowski both both great people yeah absolutely yeah kevin is a good friend he lives in this in the town i live in and he's really hilarious he is yeah so you is. were a little down on yourself in comedy then you got this text so you're you know got your get you back i mean you're getting booked yeah it's been tough though um like when you're just on instagram and you're seeing people doing all these shows and you're just like <laughs> why, why can't I get on any of these things? But, and, and you start like doubting yourself and it's, yeah. it's all a part of it. But uh, well, you, I think you got to persevere. It's good you do because things are going good for you. This Saturday, you're going to be at that comedy club in Poughkeepsie. Laugh it up. It's this competition, right? Uh, it's uh, not a competition. It's, a ju it's just a showcase. I, I forgot to mention that. So it's called Hudson Valley's Funniest. It's saying we're bringing to you the funniest yeah. people. Yeah. Now, this is hosting duties. And I see you, be it an open mic or a real show, a Saturday night show, I see you doing a lot of hosting. Do you like it? Uh, honestly, I prefer to just do spots, but it's yeah. a skill you need to have. So the more I get to work on it, the better I'll become at it. Mm -hmm. um, I think I do an adequate job. I wouldn't say I'm the best at it, but... There's always room for improvement, so. Mm -hmm. Always, sure. Well, I thought you did a good job recently in Beacon, New York, uh, when I was uh, at an open mic and you were the host. Now, I want to get on to your social media and get to the countdown, but I got to ask you about these stories of, like, reckless behavior, putting yourself in harm's way when you were a kid. Yeah. Tell me about this. Yeah, so uh, 
like my, my niece just visited here this weekend and um like i just noticed how like protective my brother is and his wife of like her and making sure she's okay and i'm not saying my parents weren't but like i mean i had my brother so i was always around around with him and his friends and he was like five years older and ah. like we would just be at like to get around i would um i don't remember if you know uh if you remember like pegs on bicycles like on the back wheels you could stand on them oh yeah those two protruding yeah, yeah. They, like people would like bmxers grind on them stuff like that but like that's like if we were going somewhere like i would just stand on the back of pegs no helmet <laughs> like we'd be bombing down like these giant hills uh sand hill in maine where, where we grew up and uh, I don't even think these bikes had brakes. It was just, they would just drag their feet to slow them down. <laughs> and uh, and one like time, I was, I was probably like eight years old, and uh, we I made it down the hill, and we came up to like a bridge crossing, and I'm on the back pegs, and my um, my feet slipped off because we hit a bump. Yeah. And and my uh, my nuts just took the full brunt of that <laughs> accident. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever used your your uh, taint as a brake pad before, but it's not it's not great. <laughs> okay, now let's get to the social media. Now it's James Fongemi. Fongemi. It's F O N G E M I E. F O N G E M I E. How can people find you out there on social media? See yeah, what so you're I'm, up to. Yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Those are the two I use the most. Uh, I have a Threads, and I haven't done anything with that yet. I don't have mm -hmm. Twitter. Um, we'll see. I got to get my my online following presence a lot bigger uh -huh. um, as as I continue to go down the path of comedy. So, what's your Instagram handle? At it's, uh, oh yeah, it's just James Dash Fonjami. So first James name Dash Fonjami, uh, last name. And of course, on Facebook, it is your name. Yep, same thing. Just James okay. Fonjami. Okay, one more time. It's F-O-N-G-E-M-I-E. -E. Okay, James Fongemi. Now, everyone at home is poised to watch this film same time we do. So everyone at home must press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, James Fongemi, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian. That was very cool. I look forward to listening to it. And now, a Western, Carl? Yes. And this is a true life story, right? Uh, okay. See, when I texted you the movie, you replied saying, okay, Billy the Kid. How did you know yeah. it was Billy the Kid? I think, I don't know if the title was Dirty Little Billy. I think it yeah. said Billy the Kid somewhere in the description. Oh, maybe in the description. Because the thing is, if you watch this film and you don't know about, you know, Billy Bonnie, um, let's see, his name was, um, yeah, Billy Bonnie. If you don't know that name, you don't know the father's, uh, stepfather's name, like, uh, this never says Billy the Kid. It never does. Who was the song of Billy the Kid and this is how we started. We don't get any of that. Even at the way end, they don't go, okay. You can call me Billy the Kid from now on. Right. Well, I'll call you Billy. Nice job, the kid. To me, yeah, I, like that. Found, I thought it was just some cowboy movie, and I thought it was really interesting. Now, why is it interesting? Like, why do I, we even know Billy the Kid? We know Billy the Kid because he killed 21 people. That's how we know. I guess I'll lose this audience. All right, well, the trains are coming. Okay, not only did he kill 21 people, I shouldn't say not only, but that 
the real reason is he got picked up by the newspapers and in 1860, 70, 80, whatever, whenever this was, <clears throat> that was spreading around. People read the newspaper, you know, and, oh, look at this piece out of Chicago. You know, they really shared stuff. Billy the Kid, uh, he was born in New York, but all it, the stuff happened to him like um, in Lincoln, uh, you know, far from New York is essentially what I'm saying. I have it written down here. And it made the papers. He killed 21 people. This sheriff was always after him. It was pretty famous. And, you know, he was brought up in, in the court with the rid. Okay, getting off of the stage, coach, here, there's Billy. See dirty little right. Billy? Michael J. Pollard. That's right. And he does a great uh, job. <clears throat> my middle name is Jay. I'm a Michael J. as well. Uh-huh, you fox. So this is mom and stepdad, okay? Um, stepdad, his name in real life was An A Antrim, Ben Antrim. And Billy the Kid for a time was Billy Antrim, you know, during his... Okay, so they got off of a, a train, and look what they got us trudge through. Oh, it's like the marshlands. Are they outside Meadowlands? Oh, <laughs> poor shit. Yeah, you I'll can never see make Route 3 country. being constructed. <laughs> They're off of Route 3. Over. Yeah. Okay, now, Billy's doing the, like, mom, this, and mom, I lost my shoe, and help me kind of thing. Try, the director's trying to show us that uh, he, he's young. In this thing, I think he's supposed to be, like, 16 or 17. In real life, he's 33 years old, but he pulls it off because he's, like, short and baby-faced. You know, that's one thing. Well, he's definitely babyface, but I knew like Billy the Kid is going to be portrayed by an actor who's not the kid. Right. Well, you know? this was trying to debunk the the, the slick Hollywood, um, you know, the legend of Billy the King, kid. This was trying to just show like, um, trying to be the real story, just of, of how we got... Uh, grew to become a psychopath essentially right One this movie good. launches his crime career and not even really till the very end oh so this is a slow boil of a movie a, a uh, character study and then ends in violence uh 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 some of what you just said is true i wouldn't say it's slow but yeah it's definitely slower and there is character study there's violence peppered throughout, but not by him necessarily, you see. Welcome to Motel 6. That's um, right. <laughs> there's an HBO guy to march on the TV. Sorry, it's June, but we haven't got the new subscriptions. Speaking of which, here's the Star Ledger. You'll have to get the cable, phone, and internet package. Uh-huh, right. Oh, the, our internet password? Their Wi-Fi password, it's fucking pay for it. <laughs> With a little circle. Now, this guy at first, I thought he was the father on the Waltons, but he wasn't. He's sort of like the mayor of the town. He's selling them. I don't know. Is he the salesperson? He's getting them to sign a contract that takes the house. And we're They're seeing what shitty conditions it is. Where I don't know why I can't find his information. Are they, are there, is the landlord offering? So it's not landlord. He's selling them the house. 
Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, he's more like a mayor of a town than a salesperson. So I kind of don't understand it, but... Keeping the town in control. Now, he's saying that... Um, <clears throat> Look at that bomb. Yeah, keeping the town in control, but also if they become a level three town with enough population, they can get a mayor, they can elect a council, and they can get a sheriff. That's their big goal. Now, watch what he writes. Henry... McCarty, but in real life, his name was, uh, uh, where's dad? Antrim, Ben Antrim. So also they're in this town. Um, they, this isn't historically accurate where they are. Okay. I, I, I think this is a fiction more than want to give it a listen. Let's give it a listen. Yeah. Let's take a listen. Are they outside Disneyland? They are. Ooh, ooh. Ooh. Can't wait to work at Frontierland. <laughs> That's right. Now, Climor got an epidemic on their hands. People are going to start dying and people are going to start fleeing the town. Are they going to force them in? Not force them in, but they'll be forced to move. Uh. And this is the next town over, and they'll welcome them with open arms. Even though they have cooties. Yeah. Well, that, that I never understood in the film. Maybe they're, they're anti-vaxxers. We don't believe in the epidemic. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh, hey. You're the mayor if we were a town. Now, this is Nick Nolte's film debut. Really? Yeah. But this is what, 1972? Yes. Wasn't he on like Playhouse 90 in the 50s and shit like that? I don't know. This was his film he debut and he's a little, little guy. Now, I can't find him. I have two suspicions, okay? Mm. Now, it... Can you see against the wall clapping under that? Oh, never mind. They stood up. It's like, welcome the kids. And their kid, Billy. Billy the kid. Twinkie. Please hey. me, make your acquaintance. Do you okay. think Billy the kid and Twinkie the kid are related? No. Okay, look who it is. Hazel Crabtree. Look. It's Gary Busey. Yeah. Can you believe it? 1972, huh? That was like, I guess, yeah. Buddy Holly's story was his big star turn. That was probably yeah. 74 ish. Uh, I have it here, of course. And he's um, he's not crazy yet. Yeah, this is that pre horrible motorcycle accident he had. Right. 1978 was Buddy Holly, so it's not yet. Not That's for right. You. You know, remember we watched uh, Head of the Family, and I, I yeah. interviewed the the guy who wrote the memoirs with Charlie of Charlie Band. Yeah, Charlie Band has an, a chapter about how he hated, how horrible it was working with Gary Busey. Gary okay. Busey was there for like one day, and like everyone in the, the staff was crew was complaining about him and just kind of handsy, you know, and that was it. <clears throat> he never used him again. So yeah, out of all those movies, he got called out. So it's like, can you hunt? Can you fish? And he goes, no, what can you do? 
you boys ever play cards? <laughs> so he goes to the saloon. The saloon is the place for you. What goes on there? Well, I don't okay. know. Never been in there. Ain't allowed 50 feet from the place. Why not? Say Goldie Evans will shoot you. Look at Goldie Evans. Say the boy's crazy. Can't let him in. Goldie Evans, he haunts the town. He's like the bad part of the town. I think oh, the... President Goldie. <laughs> Listen, I think the um Oh, did the subtitle okay, never mind. No, it's just that we're positioned over the subtitles. Okay, so now we're having like, okay, it's a new life, it's a new routine. Get the fuck up and start working in the field. That's not Billy the Kid style. <laughs> He's not Billy the Kid yet. He's Billy the preteen teenager. Let me see. Dirty, dirty teenage Billy. Coffeeville, Kansas, this was set in, even though that's not where he was ever in his real life. Um, he grew up in Kansas, so? No, he, grew, he was born in New York and he moved. Yeah. I forget. It's not in front of me right here, but... Because I didn't it really look at the history of Billy the Kid. I read it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is just not historically accurate, okay? I mean, now, it's small details. Yeah, go ahead, Carl. Well, I, we're just going to get Act 1 here in which it's like the fucking stepfather fucking hates him. And Billy's trying, but not with much care. And <clears throat> But anyway, go ahead. That's That's all. What was your thought? We were watching uh, the Buster Keaton story, and yeah. this that also was historically inaccurate. Well, okay, but like that spanned Buster Keaton's life and was a horrible gaffe and a mistake. This is sort of like a story of how a kid can turn to a life of crime, you know? That's really what we're getting in this movie. So even if they were historically accurate, like they were in the right town and there was the right people, names, it's still all be made up, man. Yeah, I got you. Right, he's walking oh, so down the street, he sees a person in a window. How do you, none of that happened, you know what I mean? I should take notes then if they're going to show you how to steal. Uh, they're not going, they're going to show you how to kill and then thieve. How to kill. Pick the bones. You're writing it down. Now look at this. You just see in the see what the director's doing. This director's. I think this is the director's best film. But this director is top shit shelf man. Okay. This guy did it? Mr. Mom. Okay, which we like. Yeah, and he did. Um, this is better than Mr. Mom. Roughness. What's that? This is better than Necessary Roughness. Well, okay, those were like comedies and and. This is really, he'll never make a film like this ever again. Um, he did Love at First Bite. Wow, with, uh, George Harrison. No, George. George. Uh, <clears throat> oh, I, yeah, I know. Hamilton, Hamilton. Yeah, that sounds right. George Hamilton, and he's always like trying, he thinks he's so handsome. He was a good Dracula, but it was totally not the film we're watching here. Okay, so... Basically, Billy's hands have been worked to the bone. And he's like, ah, a little hard work in day two. It'll be easy because we'll have the horse. But look what Billy does. He fucks up. 
They got run after the horse and get, get that plow boy. And horse. This guy did the man with one red shoe by uh, with Tom Hanks. With Tom Hanks, that's an interesting movie, Carl. Maybe we should see if that's on YouTube. I doubt it. Okay. I'd like to rent or buy it. It's based on a French comedy, and the American version was even weirder. Something about spies. Yeah, he kind of would walk into a room listening to a Walkman. There'll be a spy behind him, and they're about to pounce, and he'll drop something, and he'll go and yeah, pick it up, and just, the guy will go. Yeah, and he wouldn't see it. All right, listen to this dad. He fucking hates him. Did you finish Men in the Fence? I was just out. Only the mother and auntie could crush it a couple of pieces of wood together. Bloody thing you lay your hand to, I have to redo. Henry. Henry, chill out. Not in front of the child. You're a bum in New York and you're a bum here. Wow, he actually said that. He said, I thought I was the only one. Out here. Come on, Billy, speak up. Understand? Useless. <laughs> Where are you going? Sit down, sit down. Stop running me about. You know my father. Now, that's the first time he's raised his voice to him. Uh, Look at me, Ma. So this is the first time he's like pushing back. He's had it, you know, you're useless and all this stuff. So he's like saying like, hey, man, I'll, I'll just run away. And he goes, there's nothing keeping you here. And then the mom's like, whoa, you know, how can you say that? Yeah, goes, there's nothing point. keeping you here. So basically yeah, that's- Excuse me. He says that in front of his mom. I can't yeah. think of a single person. Okay, Here's so something. now the dad visits him in the middle of the night and said, all good little boys run away. You better do the same, motherfucker. Run away. The stepdad. The stepdad's telling Billy, yeah. Yeah. Look at that baby, those cheeks. Yeah. Yeah, baby cheeks. Like I said, 33 years old, he's playing a teenager. Yeah, believable. Is he so, one of your not Bert Kurtz, uh, Bert uh, Kurtz? <laughs> no, like who? Who do you think he looks like? Not Bud Kurtz. Oh, he's, he he's definitely a singular look. I've seen him in other movies, and you could definitely like he's a character actor for sure. Like, yeah, but there's two not Bud Kurtz that really are not Bud Kurtz. This one, yeah. he just is a baby face. It's not. He's not that he's a Bud Kurtz. So now he is going to hop on the train and head back to New York. Uh-oh. He's just hitching a ride like that? These are uh -huh. like proto-hobos. Are they proto-hobos? Pre-hobo? Robo? <laughs> hobo means Hoboken, and there probably was a Hoboken, but I don't think it was, I think the 30s and, you know, that the Great Depression times was the time of the hobo. The hobo. Hobo came from Hoboken, New Jersey? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> you think that pissed off Paramus? Come on, guys. Don't you want to be a bunch of para-rams? Para-rams. Okay, now this man, Michael Pollard, he was born in Passaic, New Jersey. And guess what? He studied acting at Montclair Kimberly Academy. Oh, wow. Very distinguished, Mr. Yeah. Pollard. Yeah. 
Montclair Kimberly, huh? MKA. We're from Montclair, New Jersey, so we know of what we deride. So Billy's not heading back east. He changed his mind. I don't know why. He hopped off the train. Well, you know, he didn't want to be a hobo. So he said, I'm not going back to New Jersey, that's for sure. Hoboken, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What country is he in right now? Uh, the good old U.S. of A. Look at that flag. Yep, 17 stars. Oh, yeah, right. What a good question. Let's see if we can see the flag up close. I didn't even think of that. There's 50 stars. What the hell? 51 stars. Check this out. The guy who produced this was, was Jack Warner of Warner Brothers. This is for Columbia, their rival. Okay, you see the chubby face boy on the left? Chubby yes. face guy? You know his, do you know his face? He's not Gary Busey, say that. Okay, his name is Mills Watson and he's known for like Cujo and Papillion, but it says Up in Smoke. And I think he was the partner to that guy in Up in Smoke. You know, there was the main cop and then his partner. I think he was the partner. Yeah, right. Oh man, that was great when they got high. So basically they're being assholes to Billy. They're like, hey, look, you know, you can't just walk down the street, okay? You don't own this street. Oh, yeah, he, he is the partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just walk down this street anytime you feel like it. We're guarding the street. So he goes, go on guarding it. I ain't stopping you. No, we're guarding it from punks like you. Tough Billy. Look. Oh. Boom. He just stepped back and the guy fell? Yeah. It's he must have grabbed his boot or something. Now, I know this guy's face and I don't know where he is. Okay. We are going to see our first maybe Nick Nolte. He'll be in the top right corner. Uh-oh. No, we're not. It's too late. You want to put on? You could put on the sound and we could hear if anyone sighs. I got it. No one sounds like Nick Nolte. Now, they're coming out of the saloon. And that was Goldie, who we've heard about. Oh, they shot Goldie? in the saloon, and... So now he's calling to Billy. He's going, kid, get my knife. Don't do it, kid! <laughs> Come on, kid, get my knife. Oh, look at that. He's conflicted. Not oh. very. Those other guys were being jerks to him, so he's going to be on... God damn it. So he's going to be on Goldie's side, even though that's the stupid choice. He just saw him kill two people. Now look yeah. at the saloon. It's not a saloon with a bar and a... I mean, it yeah, does have a bar, but it's it's just this shack. No, excuse me. I think I've seen enough movies to know what an old western bar would look like. Right. You walk in, you got the double doors. doors. Right. You have Pat Hinkle and every other piano. Piano. Hey, Stand do you remember that? Piano. Remember those famous background actors in that famous Western? They were rehired and they're sitting there playing poker. <laughs> There's our bartender. There's our one bar patron. And then we have Goldie. And the woman's name is Burl. Oh, does she have a parlor on the second floor if you mean is she a prostitute yes 
Oh, okay. But it's really realistic. You see, there were a bunch of movies all in a row that tried to debunk the, 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 um, you know, the Western of the Cowboys of TV in this time period. Sure. I I could think of the Robert Altman movie, uh, McCabe, whatever that movie was. Uh, There are five of these new Western styles within a three-year period. Um, Big Little Man, 1970, demolished a heroic Custer. Um, And Doc makes Wyatt Earp look corrupt. There was a bunch of films like that. um, How dare they? This was one of them. They're just trying, they had enough fake cowboys. You know, I've been reading about a movie called Zebediah from 1971, which originally the Fireside Theater wrote the screenplay and then they went their own direction. It was a, Don Johnson was in it. It was kind of like a rock opera, a rock uh, star Uh in an old Western movie. And it was produced by Dick Clark. Oh, that sounds right. All right, listen to this though. Oh, yeah. Oh, my eyes. Uh, kill me. You be me a favor. <laughs> Anything better than living this dump, ain't it? You hear what he said? <laughs> he don't like it here in Coffeeville. Now, there's no, there's no, like, he's fake sheriff. Right. That other guy is like fake mayor. They don't have a jail. They don't have guns. They don't have money. You know, uh, Sergeant Sedenko's partner. He kind of looks like uh, Walton Goggins, I guess. Got that that look. I guess maybe because I'm, it's a western, and I think of him. I don't know that name, Walton, but I trust you're right. Goggins. I'm mispronouncing his name. He, oh, okay. he was, uh, yeah, he's in a bunch of shit. Now, see, what the fake mayor is like, listen, listen, he robbed you of $40, so here's $40 to square it up. We don't want you speaking poorly of Coffeeville on the, on the trail. On the trail, right, you got a good word. $10. Listen, can you, can you shoot an Instagram where you like the town? Here's another 40. (laughs) Yeah. Look, they're taking his shoes. What a great town. No, but Mike, these people have nothing. There is no shoe store. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look, they're looting them. They're looting them. Because they're going to need that jacket. Seriously. Are they going to bury them at least? Uh, probably, yeah. The, as a matter of fact, the mayor goes, here's $10 for a decent burial. I know he was your good friend. He goes, yeah, well, good friends are hard to come by. He goes, get his boots. Jeez. <laughs> wow. The moment you get shot, Carl, go on for your jacket. So they didn't? Yeah, well, you're welcome to it. I mean, if we lived in a poke-apocalyptic zombie, zombie apocalypse, yes. you might, you know... You might need my suit, my jacket. All right. Not if you got bitten by a post-apocalyptic zombie. I'm, I may have to wait. See if you turn into a zombie. What? I would definitely turn into a zombie. All zombie attacked people do. Isn't it a bite? 
I never understood that. Like, if you were a vampire and you bit another person for their blood, they become a vampire and they have to bite somebody. And yeah, but unless you kill blood. them, you see, if you suck all the blood out and they die, or or they just die. During so you the can act. leave like a pint of blood in there, and then they'll be like your slave. I don't. I, no, I don't understand it. It's like you can make another person a vampire by biting them and getting the blood in them. Right. Not like but, sucking. I don't know. I don't know how it works. These are questions I think about when I watch westerns. Do you like westerns, Carl? Um, I, uh, some yes and some no. Like, uh, yeah, I guess I like the genre of westerns, I guess. But the thing is, it can't be John Wayne movie. You know, it can't be an old TV show. I got to see Unforgiven or... Pale Rider. Yeah, I got to see... Outlaw Josie Wells. You you know what I mean. There's good. Yeah, movies. no, I hear you. I just it's just interesting watching superhero movies ad nauseum, knowing that as a culture we wholly rejected westerns to a point where it became very niche nowadays, or just not you know a genre that people will. I don't know. It still exists, of course. There's well, still fans. Remember, but... um, we started with Shane in like 1920 or whatever. We went all the way through the 50s and even the early 60s having westerns. America yeah. had enough of it. I think that's, I think that's. Jane, I think, was in the 50s or 40s. But yeah, there were the Westerns like Tom Mix. And when movies were coming about, they had the Western serials. It was definitely a staple. And then, you yeah. know, television in the 50s, maybe yeah. those stations would play the old serials, but they had like a lot Gunsmoke, Bonanza. Those shows lasted for a long time, you know. And those are only the ones, that, Gunsmoke and Bonanza, you and I know because they were in reruns and. Um, right. Which I didn't really watch. There was like the Virginian, and yeah. um, there were a million of them. The Rifleman. Um, okay, so he slept in some barn hen house last night, and he stole their eggs, and he just letting the chickens roam. He uh, worst Airbnb guest. <laughs> Uh, hey, you gave me a bad review on Airbnb. You now stole my eggs. Stealing. Look, stealing like yams or some shit. Like you said, and this is the Coffeeville, right? This is the town that nobody has anything. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, all those things came from the farm, you know, growing chicken, uh, picking sweet potatoes. Okay, listen. Now look at his face. Yeah. He's not really, he's almost amused. He doesn't even really care if he gets killed. Yeah. You tell me, and I'll tell him when he gets up. Who wouldn't mind waiting around? You can't wait. Look how he's almost laughing. Be busy later. Yeah. You're busy right now, girl. You hear the bell? You think this is a joke? Joke? Oh, wait a minute. That's her bell? Yeah. She's Weird. called to duty. She's a call girl. <gasps> I guess they're calling her. Hey, kid, come over here. 
I ain't that stupid. Come here. We ain't going to do nothing. Come on. Come on, kid. Hey, word of honor. I'm not going to do anything. Over here, buddy. Over here. Word of honor. Ain't that stupid. Oh, come on. Come on, man. Come on. Is he going to fall for it? We're just going to tickle you. We're just going to tickle you. Okay. They're going to give him some money. Uh, Goldie was promised by the mayor some tobacco. Okay. Then he starts going like, well, you got any eggs? You have any ham? You know, he goes, you just take the tobacco. I think that's why he's bringing him the eggs, you know, because he um, he wants to contribute to Goldie. Anyway, they don't want to go over there. Goldie just shoots people. So they're like, we'll give you a, uh, two bits or something like that to deliver this tobacco to Goldie. And then he goes, I want a dollar. They're like, fuck you. And he goes, all right, give him a dollar. That's eight bits, Carl. Yeah. So, <clears throat> was a bit a coin? I never got that. If two bits was a quarter, that means yeah. one bit is 12.5 cents. Right. So, what's a bit? Oh, uh, American... the name they called it instead of like cents or something. It's just a name. No, no, no. Get. Cents is cents. There's 25 cents in a quarter. Right. 17.5 cents was called a bit. It was. It's half Weird. a quarter. It's an eighth of okay. a dollar. They called it a bit. You know, maybe because the, the quarter was so powerful, like you really had to split it in half to kind of comprehend the amount. Like, you could see, like, one bit oh, goes yeah, to the haircut. Instead of having uh, three nickels and a couple penny, yeah, and you can't Yeah. Do- now, he, like, he's like, go make us this food. And he like called her bitch. I like, I really don't like it, but he is, it's a complicated movie. He is. Yeah. So he's like, come here, kid, come here, sit down. Like now they're kind of getting acquainted. I mean, he just brought them eggs and yams. And he got him and he brought him the tobacco. I did notice when he said bitch that they uh, deleted it in the, the subtitles. Ah, interesting. A little line. Did they nice. Say gun? This is a good breakfast. Cigarette, eggs, and the yams. Yams. Got any money? Come on, your folks came all the way from New York. You don't got any money nowhere. Nope. 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 He's our Star Trek convention. He was in a connection. He was in Miri. What was the name? Michael J. Yeah, why do you keep calling him Michael J? But he is Michael J. Pollard. Um, Michael J. Yeah, 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 it was called Missouri, 1966. It was this one if, like, if you, you didn't have the disease when you were a kid, but as soon as you became an adult, you started getting it on your face. Huh. It was also in the first, first season in one of the episodes of Lost in Space. As a boy? Yeah, it was a weird boy. He was um he was a Peter Pan like boy who lives in the dimension behind all mirrors. <laughs> oh. Oh, that Peter Pan like boy. Oh yes. <coughs> Peter Billy the Pan like boy. 
Yeah, you know, Pollard, I, I'm going to go on and say it. I saw a movie, it was a John Houston movie. I think it was called Hard Time. He was a preacher and he was a real scoundrel. And uh -huh. uh, it's just him trying to prophesize. And, you know, it's, I think it's the 20s or could even be the 1800s. But he's just like, if you think he's getting, you know, enjoyment out of this shit, you used to see him, you know, as this, you know, fire uh, starter. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Basically so saying, like, there's this guy, uh, 